The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon and good evening from the Full Court Press. Eric France and I'm Ajay Salveson. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, and 106.9thefan.com. In hour uh, number one, we heard from David Locke. And instead of talking about a terrific matchup of Murray and Mitchell and a terrific Game 5 last night and getting ready for Game 6, we instead talked to David Locke about the, the need for equality the need to listen, to the need to be able to allow these athletes, whichever sport they're in, to be able to let their voices be heard. All three games for the uh, today's NBA playoffs have been boycotted. They will not count as forfeits. They will be rescheduled for a later date. That will have to be by at least by the end of this week, to be honest with you, if they want to be able to fit the second round in, um, in a decent t- time standpoint. But that really isn't the point. At this, at this matter, there are even players talking about why are we here? Why won't? Why don't we just go home? Um, that is where we are at today in another eventful 2020. Uh, just man. Well, and it's, it's, it gets more stranger by the by the day. Well, it's stretching beyond the NBA. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers and Cincinnati Reds will not play their game, which was scheduled to take place in Milwaukee tonight. Uh, Jason Hayward for the Chicago Cubs is not going to play tonight. Uh, he's taking a personal stand. Uh, I'm sure there's, we may hear of others in the day or, or two to come here. Uh, the WNBA, they are playing their games tonight, but according to ESPN, every seven minutes they will stop and protest, drawing attention to the seven times that Jacob Blake was shot in the back. Um. The uh, uh, NBA players that are in the bubble uh, apparently are going to be getting together uh, within the next hour to discuss a plan forward and to discuss, you know, does it make sense to continue playing games? How long should they continue to boycott playing games? Or should they continue to uh, use the NBA games as as a platform and as a microphone, uh, or I should say a megaphone, to continue to draw awareness to some of the issues that are going on in the country. Okay, now we just uh, scratched that about the WNBA. Now there's a report that all WNBA games will not be played. So they are canceling them. So it looks like they are canceling them. Okay. Uh you know, there is a really good tweet by Andy Larson of the Des News. He says, Bucks player Sterling Brown had a knee to his neck and was punched by Milwaukee PD for parking incorrectly. Think about that for a moment. Former Buck John Henson had the cops call on him while shopping for jewelry just for being black. This is personal to them. And of course, Dabo Cephalosha, uh, as we mentioned in hour one, had his leg broken by a New York Police Department because they after they tackled what they uh, thought was the correct guy, ended up being the wrong guy, and Seth Losh's season was over. And all he got was an apology. And he has not been the same player no. since. Oh, heavens no. Heavens no. And and he even said on a podcast with FK Udo, 
when they were both playing for the Jazz, that he's not even the same person anymore. That when he goes out in public, like he's just he he said he used to be this warm, loving guy. He'd say hi to fans and high five people and all this and all that. He says now he's terrified to go out, terrified to go out with his wife, terrified to go out with his kids. He just doesn't want to because he's afraid it's going to happen again. And he says, and and some people have told him, well, that's just a once in a lifetime thing. And he says, bull. He says, go be me and try that. Go be me and go through that experience and try going back out and tell me if it's a once in a lifetime thing. It's not just the damage that they've been done to physic or physically. It's the damage they've been done to mentally. This damages you mentally. Again, as I mentioned in hour one, I'll say it again. I've been racially profiled a few times, multiple times, by police. It does damage to you mentally. When I'm driving in the car and uh, I see a police officer on the side of me or behind me, like I am constantly checking my rearview mirror to see if they're coming after me. And I'm like checking my speed. I'm checking everything I've done. I, I just, and um, even when I'm walking into a store and I see a policeman in uniform, I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. And that's not how we should feel about the people who quote-unquote protect our city or protect our country. That's not how we should feel. But guess what? That's how every, as Doc, River, Doc Rivers puts it, that's how every black person feels right now. We are living in fear. And we are tired of it. And want it to change and want it to change now. Uh, according to Chris Mannix, with Sports Illustrated. Oh, he does a great job. Says that, uh, you know, we've talked about this player meeting that's scheduled for this evening. Players have invited all head and assistant coaches to attend the meeting tonight. Wow. Really? That's, I think it's a great move. Not to, yeah, it is. Let's, let's everybody be on the same page. Uh, you know, sometimes these um, coaches bring in a different level of maturity, uh, different perspectives. Uh, they've been these coaches have been great to support their players, so I don't think it's that there's animosity really there. So I think it's a good move to bring in the coaches into the discussion tonight. Chris Weber was supposed to be on the call with Brian Anderson tonight and said there are no games have all been boycotted. No counts as none of these counts as forfeits for either squad. Here's Chris Weber. I have young nephews that I've had to talk to about death before they've even seen it in a movie. If not now, when? If not during a pandemic <laughs> and countless lives being lost, if not now, when? That's, that's all I just want to hear from the rest of the night where everybody's pontificating and thinking and soapboxing and all of that. We know nothing is going to change. We get it. If Martin Luther King got shot and risked his life, Mega Evers, if we've seen this and all of our heroes constantly taken down, we understand it's not going to end. But that does not mean, young men, that you don't do anything. Don't listen to these people telling you don't do anything because it's not going to end right away. You are starting something for the next generation and the next generation to take over. Do you have to be smart? Yes. Do you have to make sure that you have a plan? Yes. Do you have to be articulate about that plan? Yes. All of those things. But that's what you're going to do. They're professionals. They know how to be the best of themselves. And so I applaud it. I applaud it because it is the young people. It is the young people leading the way. And I applaud them. Boy, he's a usually stoic guy, and for him to show emotion like that is very rare, but it is extremely raw, and uh, he is extremely right. If not now, when? 
And I think there's there's two cases to that, right? If if not now, if we can't stop it now, after a guy was blasted in the back seven times, then when? If you don't die now as a black man or as a colored person, I'm gonna put the colored person in there. Because I'm color, I'm not yeah, black, person I'm colored. Of color. Yep. When is it gonna happen? When is one time that I'm gonna get pulled over and I'm gonna get brought out of my vehicle and uh, I mean just for looking at the officer wrong. Maybe having, I remember one of the nights I had the wrong, supposedly had the wrong tone of voice. And the police officer can just immediately verbally attack me personally. Like racially attacked me. In Salt Lake City, Tuesday, what happened Tuesday? April 11th, 2015. In Salt Lake City. I was going to stay at the La Quinta Hotel I was still living in Cash Valley. I was doing a bees game that night. We went 18 innings. Got, and so it was about 2.30 in the morning. So the game was at 8 o'clock. And I got pulled over. Because the officer supposedly said I had, when I was making the right turn, that I, I made it too wide. I didn't hit anybody. But he pulled me on. He, he blocked my car. And then had two police officer cars come over behind him. And, uh, and he asked me, he asked me where I got my car from. And if I was the owner of the car, I, uh, I, you know, I, I go with my wife in, in, in the places and I'm, I'm terrified that she'll see something, uh, with me or a situation with me and a police officer. And I, I'm terrified that my wife would be left alone after having to see something like that. Scared to death. And it's not just athletes who have this problem. It is other colored people who don't even ever step on a field or a court. Other colored people who don't even touch a microphone on a radio station. I'm lucky. You guys here at Cash Valley Media Group who treats me like a king. Um, allows me to have this platform be able to talk about situations and stuff like this. As long as I do it appropriately and uh, within respect. But man, I enough... Is enough. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of having to talk about this. I want to, I, I, like we talked about in hour one, I want to talk about game five. I want to talk about tomorrow's game six. I want to talk about the Lake or the, the Clippers just absolutely undressing the Mavericks last night. I do. But it honestly, just like Kenny the Jet Smith walking off the set today, none of it feels right. That's crazy. That because, um, an officer incorrectly handled the situation, and I'm going to say that, that he incorrectly handled the situation by blasting a guy seven times in his back. We are now at this situation. We're now at this, we're now here at the table doing it all over again. It's amazing, Eric. Uh, did get a text message that came in at the tail end of, of last hour. I haven't had a chance to get to it yet. From 9315. Ah, I missed it, Dan. As much as some people hate to bring this up, but this is a religious point of view with this and sport those who uh, with this and sport those who believe know that Jesus has felt and seen it all so we need to turn to God to help change the problem here I've not seen much of this brought up what's your thoughts huh. uh, I'll let you take this one well I just you know what I think there's a good point there that uh, for a you know, couple different places, a couple different instances here that were that are going on, you know, people, uh, it's my own personal religious belief. 
um, you know, the people aren't turning that direction. Uh, they aren't turning to God. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of a lot of bad things going on in this country, and people have lost their foundation. And when you lose your foundation like that, then lots of other bad things can happen. Um, a lot of things going on right now in the world that should cause people to turn to a higher power for help and for answers and for comfort. I wish more would. I wish and if they did, according to my personal beliefs, they would treat each other differently. And they treat each other with respect. Um, Ham, I'm just going to do some live producing here on the air. Do we, do we want to talk about Game 5 last night? I think what w- would be best to do... I just, I guess I still want to... I think to some point, we let's take a, a, a stop down, take a break, Recollect a little bit. Um, there are a lot that's going on right now in the country with sports and and how it crosses over in these other areas. Uh, WNBA is not playing tonight. The NBA is not playing tonight. The Milwaukee Brewers, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Seattle Mariners are not playing tonight. Jason Hayward for the Chicago Cubs is not going to play tonight. There may be other instances of other players in Major League Baseball who will not play tonight, including perhaps even Manny Machado, Austin Hedges, Tommy Pham. There could be other NBA players, or excuse me, other Major League Baseball players who choose not to play because they are just sick that this continues, that... Uh, Someone can get shot point blank as they're walking away. Yeah, the, he was walking away from the officers. He wasn't listening to their commands. But they could have used other means to stop him before he got into his vehicle. And they shoot him seven times in the back. Do you really need to shoot him that many times? And then the next day, there are riots in the streets. And a, and a young white man walking around with a machine gun shoots protesters and gets no concern whatsoever from the police officers who are there. And then the next day you have the police chief of that community blaming the protesters. Well, that's your fault. You know, if you hadn't been out past curfew, you may not have gotten shot by this guy. That blows that, my mind. That's like saying... That disgusts me. That's really like saying, well, because you dressed that way, that's why you got raped. It's really ridiculous. Is that amazing? It's sickening. It's really sickening. But that's where we're at in this world. <laughs> Especially after what's gone on the last couple yeah. of months. How is yeah. this still happening? How are we not getting the message to make a change? Uh, okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's take a break. Um, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about game five. If that doesn't put you in a, if today doesn't put you in a worse mood, we're going to talk about game five, which 
might make you throw whatever, you know, your radio through a window. But don't, please. It's not our fault. Um, we're going to talk about Game 5. Uh, we'll get to our stat and player as well. Our stat of the week and our player um, of, excuse me, our stat that blew our mind and our player of the week. Um, and uh, much, much more. Again, all games have been boycotted tonight. No forfeits. These games for Game 5s will be rescheduled at a later date. Yeah, the I, NBA has officially classified them as postponements, yep, to be clear. not forfeits. Uh, and so there is a meeting with all NBA players, and according to Eric, as he brought up that from an announcement, that uh, assistant and head coaches, is that right? Both assistant and head coaches have been invited to this meeting? Yes. Uh, that will occur about 6 o'clock tonight. So you should hear an answer on whether we will have Game 6 of Jazz Nuggets 2 o'clock on this station by the end of tonight. Full Court Press, Eric France and Andre Salveson, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Full Court Press, Eric France and Andre Salveson, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Don't forget... So trust your auto repair to just anyone. Trust someone who races their own car, A1 Automotive, and Performance Builds. Some mean rides, and they can fix yours. Call them at 435-752-9636. Visit them at their new location at 1065 West, 600 North, and Logan. Or visit them online at a1autoperformance.com. You know, Labor Day is coming up. It's not that far away. If you're going to do a little Labor Day getaway, get your car checked before you take off. You're doing a road trip. Check out our good friends at A1 Automotive. Appreciate them being part of the Full Court Press and uh, being one of our sponsors. Grateful to have them. And forget, or excuse me, don't forget our Preps Pick'em Contest where you can go to CashValleyMediaGroup.com or CashValleyDaily.com or whatever our, you know... 1069TheFan.com, CVPick'em.com. Sign up and be a participant. Great, and it's all sponsored by the Logo Shop. We want to thank the Logo Shop for being such a big help to this and all our wonderful sponsors uh, from... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, from McDonald's to Locker Forty Two, a hundred dollars worth of McDonald's, dude. That's what was the. That's what we gave away last week. That would last me two weeks. This week, a hundred dollars to Locker Forty Two. That would last more me one games hour. to choose from this week. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Because uh, the first few weeks uh, there weren't very many teams. Then you had a game that got canceled. Uh, much more games to choose from this week. The Idaho schools are involved now. So I think there's like eleven games to pick and to choose from. Uh, and there's some juicy uh, games in the, in the matchups. Don't forget, there's uh, two games this week that are actually three that are a little bit unique, not quite the normal schedule. You've got Mountain Crest that's going to play Friday at four. Uh, Box Elder is going to play Saturday at four, and Skyview is going to play Saturday at seven. All three of those teams are going to that uh, football tournament that. Well, it's not really a tournament, but showcase that was going to be in Pocatello, but got uh, moved up to Rexburg at Madison High School. So if you can't make the trip, we'll have play-by-play for the Mountain Crest and Skyview games, at least, uh, here on 106.9 The Fan and our sister station, 107.7, which will carry the Mountain Crest games. Uh, really quickly, the Milwaukee Bucks are about to have statements read by Sterling Brown and George Hill. You all know that George Hill was who, after hearing about Jacob Blake's death, was not happy. In fact, he had some very strong comments to say. We won't read those on air for obvious reasons, but uh, here they're about to read a statement uh, to the press about their decision to boycott today's Game 5 between the Orlando Magic and the Milwaukee Bucks. In fact, Houston, Oklahoma City, and uh, 
Clippers, or sorry, not Clippers, Mavericks, and geez, Lakers and Blazers uh, have also been postponed uh, till a later date. Um, hopefully to be rescheduled by the end of the week. We don't know about tomorrow's games. I know the Jazz Nuggets play up 2 o'clock Mountain Time. Still don't know what the what the final answer is on that. Um, I don't be surprised, Eric. Am, am I fair to say this? Don't be surprised if we don't see games tomorrow. Frankly, at this point, I would be surprised if we see games. I would be surprised if games happen tomorrow. I think they're using this time to come together to um, collectively understand their message moving forward and what they do next. So we don't have like, well, this team's doing this and that team's doing that. So I think they're trying to come together and say, look, we got to let's get all on the same page here. Let's let's make sure that we're we're all in this in the same way, which I think is great. Uh, I think it's appropriate. I think it's the right thing to do. I love that the players are inviting the coaches and the assistant coaches to be a part of this discussion as well. It's not just the players going rogue and deciding their own things. It's uh, it, it's a lot of um, different voices in there, mature voices, um, and uh, I think that's that's good to have those kind of discussions. WNBA, they're not happening. Their games are not happening tonight. A couple of Major League Baseball games are not happening tonight either. Uh, and what happens tomorrow is still to be determined. Yeah, still waiting to be determined. Uh, according to Rachel Nichols, Milwaukee Bucks come out of the locker room uh, more than three hours after their game was supposed to tip to read a statement. We are calling for justice for Jacob Blake and demand for the officers to be held accountable. They also have called out the Wisconsin State Legislature. Um, a reporter asked if they intend to finish the season. The players had no answer, and they left the hallway. That is where we are at. Uh, <laughs> that's the craziest thing is people are like, well, we're going to play basketball tomorrow? We don't know if we're going to play basketball tomorrow. And really, playing basketball is the last thing on these players' minds. If you haven't got that already, according to LeBron James' tweet, which I can't read, but you can definitely go look at or if you want to see the Donovan Mitchell tweet, or just see the amount of social media support for what the Milwaukee Bucks did from the NBA players, that tells you all you need to know. There's more important things on in their minds and on their heads than going to dribble a ball up and down the court. That's the I mean, that's just how it is right now, and rightfully so. <sighs> yeah. Uh. We'll see if there's a game tomorrow for the Utah Jazz or not. A tough one last night where they it was a good game. The Jazz, I thought, had a good game plan, and they were playing it well through about midway through the third quarter. At about a, what, 15, 13 to 15 point lead. And then uh, it looked like they had Denver hanging their heads and doubting themselves. And Denver stepped up their their defensive intensity. Still, the Jazz were in it and gave themselves a shot. They gave up some big runs. Defensively, the Jazz have to do better. They did a little bit better, but they've got to get a little bit better here. But really, sometimes these things happen. It just comes down to the way the ball bounces. See, and that's the thing is, as much as I was annoyed about the way last night's game went, you're right. Sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way. In fact... 
I was, uh, you look at the one, how did it go? Like, I, it was a rebound or it was a loose ball that was tipped, and it went off of Donovan Mitchell's forearm. And I think it carried into, into Jeremy Grant's hands, who hits a three to give him a four-point lead. Like, what the fetch, man? Or the loose ball, Eric, that uh, it came off the rim. It bounced between a group of guys. Royce O'Neal was the closest to it, but couldn't get to it. Instead, Jeremy Grant's able to snag it. And then with two seconds on the freaking shot clock, fades away. He fades away with nobody guarding him from 17 feet out and lets it go and it goes in. Or Jokic, with a Euro step at the end of the first quarter, throws up a rainbow prayer and it hits nothing but net. And he finishes 5 for 5 from three-point line and 8 of 8 from the field in the first quarter with 21 points. Or when Royce O'Neal catches a wide open, or no, excuse me, Tony Bradley catches not one, but two wide open looks underneath the hoop, and instead of just throwing it down, decides to one, drop it between his legs and go out of bounds, or two, turn it over. Or let's go to the fourth quarter where we all know where Donovan Mitchell was doubled on the right wing, a jump pass to the left wing, Royce O'Neal is all alone. Like he has time to comb his hair wave to his friends on TV, and then shoot the ball and still be wide open. Instead, doesn't shoot it and decides to take two extra steps to travel with it so he could give it back to Denver. I'm not sure which play bothered me most at this point or which play cost us the game, but like you said, it was just one of those nights for Utah. And you know what? Denver's had three of those nights straight. It's just how basketball goes. But can I ask you, I I feel if if we play tomorrow, if or when we do play game five, game six, game six, right? Game six. The Jazz are winning that by fifteen. I just there's no way the Jazz lose that ball game. I for some reason feel so confident right now in game six. It's stupid. Uh, yeah, I I feel confident. I think the Jazz have. Um. outplayed Denver in a lot of ways. They've had a lot of of good open looks. Uh, they have allowed, I think, too, a few too many open looks for Denver. Denver's shooting above their averages at three. The Jazz are giving them those looks. Um, but I feel like Denver defensively, last night was the first time we saw Denver really have some urgency with their defense. And even then, it wasn't great. I think the Jazz just made some missteps and maybe got a little too casual through stretches in the second half, which opened the door for Denver to come back and get some momentum. Momentum's a funny thing. Once you start getting it rolling, uh, it can be hard to stop. And the Jazz allowed them to gain some momentum. So I'm I'm with you though. I feel like this Jazz team, the way that they're 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 built, the way that they're running things, will will take care of business. Uh, interestingly enough, the Jazz have a history of not being able to close out teams when they're up three to one, or when they're up three zero. They have a hard time closing teams out like that. Um, they they eventually do, but. Uh, that's just kind of funny how that works. The Jazz kind of struggle with that. Hey, you know, Eric, and it's it's hard to beat a good playoff team four straight times. It is hard. I mean, you give credit to what the Lakers did. Sure, but Damian Miller was injured. 
Uh, give credit to Miami, but Sabonis was out. It is hard to be a healthy, and I know Will Barton and 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 uh, Harris is out right now, but they don't um they don't bring the impact that Bojan Bogdanovic brings for the Utah Jazz right now. But it's hard to beat a good playoff basketball team four straight times. It is extremely difficult. And the Jazz battled with him for game one, all of game one into overtime, and really gave him everything they had last night. Granted, there was a few uh, brain farts by the Jazz, especially late in the game where Denver got really hot and then really confident, and the Jazz got cold and just... Lost their minds on certain possessions where it just it, it mind-boggled you. Joe, Joe Ingles had two great looks. He passed up. Royce O'Neal, of course, had that wide-open look. He passes up. And then Quinn Snyder not playing Jordan Clarkson throughout the whole entire fourth quarter. Because, look, if Royce— if, That surprised me, too. If Jordan Clarkson catches that pass from Donovan Mitchell, that thing's in the air as soon as it hits its fingertips. Right, even if someone's running it. Oh, him. he doesn't care. He's letting it go when he should. He was so good last night. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that, that uh, Jordan Clarkson was not on the floor in those uh, late minutes because they needed offense. They needed sure possessions, and he wasn't there. And I don't think he was necessarily a defensive liability for the Jazz. Yeah, he's not the best defender, but at that point, you needed offense. Um, you brought this up, and David Locke broke this down on his Twitter feed earlier today, earlier this morning. It says, for all these uh, adjustments, here is the game. It's a game of bounces. Game tied 101. Gobert has an amazing block on Grant. Loose balls grabbed by Murray, who with two uh, two seconds on the shot clock hits a 17 foot fader. 103 uh, 101 Denver. Donovan drives out to wide open Royce, who doesn't take a shot and then travels. 103 uh, 101 Denver. Great defense from Jazz. Deflect the pass from Jokic to a cutting Dozier. Connolly makes amazing deflection, but ball. Bounces twice and right to uh, Murray outside three-point line, right side, unguarded. It takes the three, and he hits it. It's like 106-101, and two minutes to go. It's just like bang, bang, bang. There's a series of plays that just all went Denver's way. And when it's a close battle, I mean, those make a difference. Yeah, there's still two minutes to go, and it's still time for the Jazz to, uh, some, to do something. But sometimes the ball just goes funny, and guys... Get the you know the other team gets the benefit of the ball bouncing the right to the right guy at the right time. It's happened for the Jazz last night. It happened for Denver. Besides that, I think that the Jazz were mostly in it. I I think that they they needed to have a greater sense of urgency to close it out uh, late in that third quarter. They allowed Denver to get some runs on them and ha- had a hard time stopping them. And we've seen when Jamal Murray gets gets flowing in the second half, he's almost impossible yeah, to stop. Yeah, dude, he was remarkable last night. And I don't think we – I don't want to take, take away from what he did last night. Eric. He hit some tough looks. He was able to move the ball around. But gosh dang it, he's such a whiny baby. It's just every freaking foul call, he's whining. Every time he goes to the hole, he screams and one. Every time – he gets bumped. He's looking at the ref like, dude, just play through it. It's playoff basketball. Whether you're in the bubble or at home, it's still playoff basketball. Deal with it. And you know what? The refs were letting a lot go last night late in the second half. There's a lot of just pushing and shoving and grind out kind of basketball. But Murray was fantastic last night. I still stand on my statement. Look, I predicted in the win yesterday. I can tell you right now, 
I was like 30% confident. Game six, we are winning and winning by a lot. There is something about like Quinn Snyder. In fact, we'll play Quinn Snyder here in just a moment. Uh, there is something about Quinn Snyder's post-game comments that made you think, oh my gosh, he's not happy. He was upset. He was upset with the way they played. He was upset with their inability or inability to close things out. He was upset with uh, decision making. He was upset upset by them not shooting the ball. He actually mentions in it that uh, there was a couple times where they had wide open looks and they wouldn't take it, but the play was designed for them to shoot the ball and they wouldn't shoot it. And that's where Quinn Snyder was like, well, "What are we doing then? <laughs> Why am I setting up a play for you then?" Yeah. Um. And so we're going to actually get to that audio here in just a bit. Anything else b- before we get to it, though? Well, just that uh, you know, we, we talked about you know Denver. What our concerns were is that Denver is going to have Jokic and Murray come out strong. The real concern is who's that who's that third guy uh, that may surprise us. And I don't know that there really was a third guy that surprised too much, although Michael Porter Jr. was a little bit better offensively. And I think that Denver is learning. They are not allowing him to be switched and be ISOed on defense. They're trying to hide him and uh, do better on their switches so that the Jazz just can't go Michael Porter Jr. hunting on defense. So that was an interesting adjustment by uh, Coach Malone for the uh, for the Nuggets. But for the Jazz, um, they needed a little bit more help from a few other people. I mean, it was better offense from Royce. There was more offense from from Joe. Uh, it's hard to complain against that, but um, defensively, though, they're still giving up a lot of points. They've got to get better at closing things out and not allowing Denver to get what they want. So we're going to take a break and coming back, we're going to hear from Coach Quinn Snyder, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell after last night's game. Uh, and then we will then take another break and we'll close up the show. And just like that, we will be done. Again, tomorrow's Nuggets Jazz Game 6 is tentatively scheduled for 2 o'clock Mountain Time, pregame 150. That will interrupt our show, so we'll be on about 5 o'clock, give or take. That is tentatively. But after the boycotts for the games today, there is a strong chance that they won't play tomorrow. Uh, we'll get to that more here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 The Fan. Win a 65-inch 4K flat-screen TV from Lens Audio Video in the Preps Pick'em Contest, presented by The Logo Shop. Sign up to play at 1069thefan.com. Pick the weekly winners of each high school game, and you could win one of 11 weekly prizes and be entered to win the Grand Prize TV. Go to 1069thefan.com, and you could win. It's the Preps Pick'em Contest on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Full court press start, France and Alde Salas and Jazz lose game five to the Nuggets. Game six tentatively scheduled for tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. Pre-game at 150 with David Locke, Ron Boone from Vivian Smart Home Arena. Keyword there is tentatively. Yeah, it is it is definitely not official. Uh, and the way things are going right now, you almost plan on it not happening. We got Quinn Snyder, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. What we're going to do is we're going to cut Conley out because of time constraint. We're going to give you... Uh, 
We're going to give you, what's this bucket? Quinn Snyder and Donovan Mitchell audio. Uh, that way you can hear from the head coach and, of course, the star of last night's game, star of this series, really, in Donovan Mitchell. So here's the audio, and then after that, we're going to take an immediate break, come back, and we have our stat and player that blew our mind. Coach, it's certainly hard to win four in a row, especially against uh, a guy, Jamal Murray, who had the momentum. I know you're going to look at the film, but just what stands out about what else you guys could have done to slow him down tonight? But I thought, you know, on some level, we, we just lost our composure when we were ahead. And um, he certainly made some terrific plays. Um, you know, we had some breakdowns. Usually he got those buckets throughout, you know, really the course of the game. And then during that one stretch, he really got going where um, a little bit of everything, some offensive rebounds. Um, he went by us a couple times, um, split a double team one time when we were trying to trap him. So there, there was a lot of things, as you said, we'll look at it, um, you know, but he had a great game the other night as well. He's capable of doing that. But I thought as much as anything, you know, we got a little distracted um, during the game and, uh, you know, weren't as focused defensively, collectively. Okay, next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Quinn, uh, you guys only scored 44 points in the second half. It seemed like Denver really kind of was able to ratchet up their defensive intensity. Uh, what did you see them do differently after halftime? Well, they they were aggressive. They were they were hedging on pick and roll. You know, Jokic got up and, and was in like a kind of a soft blitz. There was a number of things they did to try to contain our ball handlers. Um, we still got into the paint. You know, we didn't finish some. I thought we got concerned about getting fouled. Uh, we passed up a few shots that you know we've been taking and, and have been playing with confidence. And um, but as much as anything, you know, we stopped being able to get out and run as well. Um, you know, we just have to execute better, you know, really on both ends of the floor. I give Denver credit. You know, they made plays in the second half. I thought that, you know, we were in a great position, you know, up 15, I think. And, you know, we lost our composure a little bit. And uh, they made some plays to get back in the game. And then we were in for a dogfight. Next question, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, you mentioned losing composure and being distracted down there in the stretch. Uh, does that concern you that that's happening in a closeout game or moving forward? No, I, I mean, we're the same team that, that played well enough to have that lead. Um, I think in these situations, you know, that's, you know, that that's the important time to, you know, to not, to not have that happen and to not get distracted and to continue to come together. And um, our guys know that, um, you know, Denver had something to do with that. There's no question about it. I thought we were, you know, looking for a call at various times instead of going a little stronger to the basket. And more than anything, mentally, we weren't able to get to the next play. And as a result, you know, they start to get on a run. Okay, uh, next up, Tony Jones, The Athletic. Coach, was this a matter, simply a matter of Denver raising their level and you guys not uh, raising your level to meet it? Or was, was this something a little bit more intricate than that? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it was a question of, you know, we, we, our level was up too. Um, you know, we've got to play better. I mean, sometimes it's, you can look for kind of you know, sweeping kind of conclusions on things. And other times it's a, it's a string of plays and there was a number of them and, and we, we didn't make plays when we needed to. And that's what we've been doing. That's what we did the first part of the game to get the lead. So um, sometimes it's as simple as execution and 
oftentimes when a team's making a run, you get a little distracted, and that's when we have to come together even more. You know, our guys know that. We'll come out ready to play the next game. Okay, and then Anderson KSL Sports, last question. Quinn, Royce got in foul trouble on back-to-back -back fouls, and that forced you to switch up your defense. And Donovan ended up actually having to play quite a bit on Jamal late. What impact did that have on Donovan on the offensive side, and how can you solve that? Well, I mean, you're right. Everything you said, and, you know, Jamal was – he was playing well and attacking us. Um, so we moved Donovan over to him, and, you know, that does take a toll on Donovan. That's why we have Royce on him. Um, but Donovan wanted the challenge. He did a good job. Um, we just got to do, you know, collectively – do a better job in those situations. Sometimes it was the guy on the ball. Sometimes it was somebody coming to trap. Sometimes it was the weak side. Um, it's not on one guy. Um, first off, before I answer that, I just want to, you know, we all saw the video of um, the cop shooting Jacob Blake and, um, in Wisconsin, I believe it's Wisconsin. Um, I just want to say, first off, you know, I, I tweeted something that was the truth. Um, this is bigger than just the game. You know, I'm not taking anything from the game, but man, this is life. And there are times where, a lot of times, excuse me, where we say we don't feel safe. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money, it doesn't matter who you who you are. Uh, and our voices that we use down here, I think it's, it's very important for us to continue using our voices. It's, it's, it's inexcusable um, to see stuff like that. Whether, you know, the, the how do I say this? The, the, um, the common excuse is, oh, you shouldn't have, you know, walked away, you know, you shouldn't have, not listen to the cops, you know, that doesn't deserve you to be shot in the back um, or excuse me, shot seven times. That's that's just inexcusable. And I think that's really what we should focus on. We need to focus on because the point of us coming down here was to create change. And I feel like we did it. We're doing a good job of that, but obviously not good enough. And it's obviously not going to happen overnight, but uh, it's, it's, it's disgusting. And I, I don't I really don't know how else to, to describe it. You know, as an African-American male, and, and I have my sister and my mom and, and my dad and, you know, my friends and family, you know, when, when does it stop? When do we feel comfortable? You know, when do we feel safe? I'm not saying, you know, don't arrest the guy because he's a criminal, but, man, he doesn't deserve to be shot point blank, grabbing his shirt seven times. Um, it looks like he was just shot on the street. You know, it didn't even look like it was an officer shooting, and I think that's that's what's even crazy about it. Um, so I just want to get that uh, off my chest, and it's, it's really disappointing. Um, I, I, it's... it's, it's it's tough, man, and I, I, I just I just want this shit to stop, uh, to be completely honest with you, and um, yeah, that's that. Um, sorry, can you go repeat your question, Andy? Andy? Yeah, I'm here with you. Um, first of all, just talk, what about, what did Jamal Murray do that's tough to guard, and then when you're defending him, does that take away kind of your energy level on offense? Um, he, he got hot. You know, he took advantage of a, a lot of situations. You know, he, he's a shot maker. No matter who you put on, he's a shot maker. And that's, that's given him his credit. You know, he's worked at that. He, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's their go-to guy, him and, him and Joker. And I think we, we kind of they, – they had a level that we just didn't quite reach. And I think that's just on us. You know, he did a, he did a great job getting downhill, getting to the rim, knocking shots down. Um, and for me, just trying to make it tougher on him. He hit tough shots. You know, he made tough moves. And I got to give him credit. You know, there's nothing – Nothing else to you give him his credit and you move on to the next one. And for me, I got to be able to do both. There's, there's nothing. Um, I ended up dunking on the other end like this. There's nothing I, I feel like I can't do. I feel like I can defend on, on both both sides. You know, obviously we have great defenders and I believe in Royce and Joe and, and, and Rudy. Don't get me wrong. We have 100% confidence in them. 
Um, but for me, it's just like that's what that's what's needed. That's what's needed. I'm gonna do everything my team needs me to do. And you know, unfortunately, like I said, they were at a level that we just didn't reach. Um, they played desperate, and I got to give them credit because some teams would roll over. They didn't. They kept fighting, especially being down 15. Uh, Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Don, Coach uh, was saying that you guys had lost some composure in the third quarter, a little distracted and mentally not able to get to the next play at times. What did you see on the floor as far as that, and how do you fight through that knowing, you know, the next one's a big one? Um, watch the film and, and, and move on. we got to be professionals about it, understand they take this, take this long to move on. Like I said, you got to give them credit where credit's due. They raised their level. We just didn't match it. Um, that's, that's really it. You know, nothing special. They, they've been doing that to us. We played them, what, eight times this year? Eight or, eight or nine times. So we, they've, they've, they've done that, and they did a great job of that tonight. We just got to be ready to, to, to attack it. And I, I had a stupid turnover to start in the third quarter. I had two or three of them. Um, we were looking for fouls, stuff that we haven't done all series. Um, and I think we just kind of got out of our character, and uh, we just got to come back ready, ready to go. We'll go Sarah Todd, Desert News. Uh, the, kind of piggybacking off that, Donovan, the fact that you guys lost your composure a little bit and you had sort of those little missteps here and there, does that concern you that that happened in a closeout game? Um, no, not at all. I think, you know, we've, we've, I think we've played a great series up until this point, you know, and I think there's going to be times where you do lose your composure. Composure. We did a great job of keeping it throughout this whole series, but there's been some games where, you know, we we could go either way, and we've been we've been good at keeping our heads in it. And you know, I think for us, we just got to go out there and continue to do what we do. And we kind of lost that tonight. I don't think it's concerning. I think for us, we just got to not overreact, uh, get right back to it, get in the gym, take our shots too. We took a, we didn't take a lot of shots, and not just in the last, in the fourth quarter, we took a lot. We just made it tough on ourselves. And I think for us, we've done a great job all series of making the right play, making the right read, and just being at a level uh, that they were at tonight. And I think we'll we, we'll respond. Last question is from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Donovan, we saw some some things from Denver's defense, especially later in the second half tonight, that we hadn't seen previously in the series. Uh, you guys wind up scoring 44 points after halftime. Can you speak to just what they were doing differently and, and if that caught you guys off guard at all? What, what difficulty you had adjusting? I don't think they did anything differently. I think they just did it better. Uh, and like I said, you got to give them that credit. They turned up their intensity and we weren't ready to match it. Um, I think they played, we played at a level, we played solid all game. And we thought, you know, we, we kind of thought it was just going to continue that way. And they're, they're competitors, they're fighters over there. They're guys who, you know, don't want to go home. And we, we didn't play like we wanted to move, move on in the late, in the fourth quarter. They played like they didn't want to go home. Uh, simply put, and you got to give them credit. Uh, but we just got to be ready to respond and be ready to have that same intensity from the jump all the way to the fourth quarter uh, next game. Jazz sound focused and ready to go. Game six is tentatively scheduled for tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. 1.50 will be your uh, pregame with David Locke and Ron Boone. And then afterwards, uh, after the game is over, around 5 o'clock or so after the Utah Jazz Radio Network postgame with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, Eric and I will jump on the uh, show and give you our breakdown analysis of the game again. That is tentatively scheduled, um, and the way things are looking, I would say I would be surprised if it happens. Players and coaches are scheduled to meet this evening. Here in uh, about five six minutes. o'clock. Yeah, six o'clock. Um, and so we'll wait to see if if there'll be more quote unquote postponements, which is a fancy way of calling uh, boycotts. The NBA doesn't want to use that term. 
they're calling them postponements, but it's a boycott. Players don't want to play. They want they need they want to make a statement. A statement needs to be made. So we don't know if uh, the game will in fact take place. It's currently scheduled for two o'clock. But I like what Donovan said that it's not that he didn't feel like, um, and Quinn kind of said this too, that um, it's not like Denver did anything drastically different defensively. They were just a little bit more purposeful in how they did it. Yeah. And, and the Jazz themselves had opportunities. So it's not plenty, like plenty, plenty. Yeah. They're trying to say, you know, wow, Denver didn't make a lot of these great adjustments. They're so smart. They're like, you know what? No, we're still confident in ourselves. We know what we can do. We made our own few mistakes. We can still take care of business. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're honestly, we're, we're two open looks away. We're one bad bounce away from being in the second round awaiting the Mavericks and Clippers. We're that close. I'm telling you, the way the, the tone of voice from Quinn Snyder and Donovan Mitchell is, don't worry, we're suited up and we're ready to go for game six. We're going to go out there and take care of business. Like, I have, for some reason, Eric, full confidence that this series is over. By the way, 9315 texted in and said, if the Jazz don't win the next one, that'd be game six, they could drive you into drinking, and we're from Utah. <laughs> Lots of Dr. Pepper, not the diet kind, the real kind. Uh, yeah. Coke Zero count? No. No, it's got to be real. <laughs> it's got to be the fully uh, leaded Coke. Eric, your player of the game or player of the week would be who? All right, so, yeah, we would normally do these on Tuesdays, but schedule. NBA, all that. So we're going to move it today. Uh, Who did you say, player? Yeah, player, player first. P- my player of the week, I have to give it to Paul George. Oh, okay. Here's a guy who we've been bagging on him. Playoff P, where's playoff P? This guy's playing like garbage. Uh, he was on pace to have one of the lowest postseason field goal percentages in NBA history, uh, but he turned it around. And he talked about the, the mental stress of being in the bubble and yeah. he was not in a good place. Yeah. Uh, he's the only player in NBA history to score 35 points in 25 minutes or less last night. By the way, he and uh, Kawhi Leonard, the first teammates to score 30 points in under 30 minutes oh, in postseason history. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so that's my player. Paul George is my player. I like it. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Jamal Murray. Like that team was supposed to be, their bags were packed, Eric, and they were supposed to be, in case they lost, they would head home immediately. Jamal Murray said, nah. And just to some of the difficult shots he took, the aggressiveness to the rim, uh, incredible game to keep his team alive and to, make, to force a game six. Really impressive. Quickly, set that blew your mind. Uh, the Pacers are the fifth team to lose in the first round in five consecutive seasons. Oh, jeez. And you wonder why they let go of their head coach. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of the Clippers last night, according to ESPN Stats and Info, most points in the first half, 76, most points in the game, 154. Three-pointers made at 154, excuse me, 22. And highest field goal percentage in the game, 63%. On that Those word, are records for the Clippers. Pretty amazing game last night. 